Oh man. Here it's here we go. Episode 49 of the quarantine cast recorded uh, I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry. The quarantine cast sponsored by Voluntary Viewing. Yes. Re- of course. Recorded on May 25th, 2020, a Monday, a Memorial Day, which for international listeners is a U.S. holiday where we uh, acknowledge the uh, service of uh, soldiers who died while serving, uh, which for some morbid reason takes the form of a lot of discounted furniture sales. I've never heard of this before. You didn't know that, like, there are a lot of, like, Memorial Day sales? Well, yeah, but yeah, not specifically furniture, I guess. I always connected it. I, it I, I, I mean, I bought some discounted furniture these past couple of days because of a Memorial Day sale, but, like, yeah. Hmm. I think it's just, like, Memorial Day is kind of our beginning of the summer holiday. Also and true. Then, Labor Day is our end of the summer holiday. It's kind of how we've always seen it in the U.S., I feel like. So that was that was a pretty well-defined... That was how the uh, Wisconsin Dells season went. Memorial Day was like the great ushering in of the tourists, and Labor Day was like the great farewell to the tourists. And then it got cold like a month later and froze over, and no one could do anything there <laughs> except for indoor water parks and... Every once in a while, like winter break, would see a random influx of uh, Illinois fibs yeah. coming in. Yeah, I'm one of them now. Are you though? You don't you don't drive in Chicago, do you? Uh, not often. Got it. You have a car down there though. I do not. Don't really need one. Yeah. So not really. Okay. Fib, fibs are, is definitely a, an auto automobile. Uh, concept. That's fair. I don't think anyone thinks that like Illinois people are really rude walkers or anything. I think it's all about driving. If anything, walking around downtown Chicago, that uh, that is the pejorative lobbied at uh, uh, Wisconsinites. It, you yeah, it's wonders. Yep, fucking. They're there tourists. for sightseeing. Yeah. They're there to be like, oh look, Sears Tower, or Willis Tower. It's How's that treated tower. in Chicago? Yeah, people still say Sears Tower. I uh, it I don't even know if it's technically the Willis Tower anymore, but no, it is definitely the cultural con- consciousness, the Sears Tower. That's interesting. Is it really not even the Willis Tower anymore? That'd be kind of hilarious. I thought somebody bought it, but I'm not positive. No, it's still the Willis Tower. Boo. <laughs> is Willis like particularly bad, or you just don't like it being called anything but the Sears Tower? Willis Tower just seems like a bad name to me. Sure. I mean, I have the same thing with, like, Miller Park being renamed to American Family Park. Like, that's really bad. Wait, when (laughs) did this happen? I don't know, like a year ago. This this was going to be the first season, I think, where it was going to be officially American Family Park. But as the season got pushed back, (gasps) that's what caused this virus. (laughs) The Brewers could never play at American Family Park. And this virus will continue until we restore Miller Park (laughs) to its proper name. 
After this, American Family Insurance will take on the naming rights begin- beginning with the 2021 season, renaming the stadium American uh, Family American Family Field. Oh, wow. Even worse. Get the fuck part. out of here with that. <laughs> and it's actually next season, I guess. So really, we're getting denied our last season of Miller Park. Sad. <sighs> a travesty. So you have... You have a com- uh, a a team named after a brewery mm-hmm. called the Brewers in what used to be the brew capital of the United States, mm-hmm. with the perfect corporate sponsor, yeah, the Miller Company, which is literally you know kind of propped up the city of Milwaukee for decades, mm-hmm. and you rename it to an insurance company, partly. I mean. Brand cohesion is for chumps, I guess. I mean, at that point, like, it's so perfect, you almost have to keep it and not even, like, charge the Miller Company for a sponsorship anymore. Like, it's like Lambeau Field. Like, can you imagine if they renamed that? Like, it's it's a thing. It's an icon. And yep. It fits so perfectly. You can't change that. But no. they're doing it. I don't, I don't know, man. I'm sorry, were you... We're using that as an example, or is there consideration for changing Lambeau Field? No, there's okay, no thank way. God. Yeah, I mean the pack. So it helps that the Packers are not for profit. Like they don't have to sell naming rights if they don't want to. Like a lot of the gates are named after like um, local Native American tribes uh-huh. or like uh, people that helped the Green Bay Packers over the years. Like you know, corp- early corporate sponsorships like the Acme Company and stuff like that. Like. They they don't they don't have to take nearly as many uh, profit driven decisions as every other major mm-hmm. American sports team. Um, so question that you might not know the answer to: Did the Acme Company fund like early Looney Tunes yeah. stuff? Yeah. Okay. Oh no 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 Looney Tunes no I thought you were talking about Packers yeah oh. they provided the uniforms to the very first Packers team. That's, oh. that's where they were, the Acme Packers. Um, Looney Tunes, no. I think they were just a ubiquitous, like similar to what Sears, ironically, was in the mm. beginning. Like they were just a very well-known supply company that they're kind of like the Amazon of the day. Oh, cool. So well, I... Looney Tunes was like, where would he get this from? Oh, Acme. Hmm. And then I think it was also like a fictionalized version of the company. Like it wasn't, there was an Acme packing company and then... The cartoons took it to like a fictional version, probably so that they wouldn't get sued or anything. I could see a lawsuit happening, like yeah. the Acme products always blowing up in Wiley Coyote's face. Yeah, they never work properly. No, and, except for when the Roadrunner is using them. So then you could argue it's operator error, and not, uh, <laughs> not the company's fault, and you could probably avoid that lawsuit. I should have been a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> We're pitching an episode of Harvey Birdman, yeah. attorney at law, right here. Your Honor, I point you to Exhibit B. You will see at the 36 second timestamp of this video the Roadrunner properly using the TNT cannon and immediately succeeding in getting it to launch its projectile. Uh, meanwhile, at the 4 minute and 36 second timestamp, uh, Wiley Coyote has clearly forgotten to prime the TNT, and as a result, uh, it exploded before the cannon could properly fire. And so this is this is clearly an act of uh, of cartoonish negligence by uh, the operator, resulting in not a malfunctioning product, and therefore uh, 
my 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 client Warner Brothers Pictures is is not in violation of uh, slanderous libel. <laughs> Exhibit against the Acme Company. Exhibit B, nowhere in the 1942 Acme product catalog is there a TNT cannon for sale. And of course, Exhibit C, I I point to this newspaper clip uh, from 1939 where an Acme company executive uh, declared his joy in his inclusion in the... <laughs> Looney Tunes Roadrunner cartoons and considers it, quote, good publicity, end quote. Your Honor, I, this is clearly an onerous lawsuit and you must uh, consider immediate dismissal. I rest my case. They're not, they're not going to see a drop of Warner Brothers money. Yeah. You got legal troubles based on cartoon slander? Call the law offices of Derider Holtz and Clark. <laughs> Here to provide any defense you need in all cartoon-based libel cases. Oh, hey, just a heads up for all you Andrew stands out there. He is on assignment this week. Um, re- reconnecting with nature. Decided yeah. that in this time period of social distancing, uh, not being allowed to see people, not being smart to like interact uh, closely with people. He just wanted to take that even further and fuck off to the woods. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, recognized it because, yeah, those those Andrew stands get pretty heated on Twitter if uh, if he's missing and we kind of don't go into it in too much detail. Mm. They'll probably still get up our ass and talk about how, you know, He's, he's, he's clearly been or being forced out and uh, he, he should just spin off his own podcast already. What contract negotiations? I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, we should replace him with Michael or something just for an episode and don't <laughs> pretend that it's Andrew still. <laughs> would be fun. I, fuck yeah. <laughs> The only thing that I was uh, immediately thinking of discussing for the quarantine cast is there is recent news that I thought I was actually like particularly qualified to speak on as uh-huh. both a fan, an internet savant, and a, a television employee. Um, recently, it came out that John Krasinski sold the rights to his YouTube podcast, Some Good News, yeah. to Viacom CBS, and people are fucking furious. Uh, yeah, let's they are dig into this one. I have some thoughts. Upset mm-hmm. to the extreme. I don't know if I should explain it, uh, because I feel like I might accidentally delve into a bit of a straw man argument. So I don't know if you've been uh, kind of well-versed at all and maybe could just lay down the bare bones. Yeah, I am vaguely aware of the situation. Um, uh, yeah, Jonathan Krasinski started this YouTube podcast uh, during the quarantine. Uh, kind of, you know, yeah, exactly what the title says. Some good news. Kind of just an uplifting thing. Uh, it's meant to make times not seem as dire as what they are right now in our society. Uh, yeah, that was picked up by Viacom CBS. Uh, not totally sure what uh, format that's going to take, I think, right now. 
probably yeah, probably something like a late night talk show, but you change it up a little bit because they already have a lot of those um, for just a dick load of money, if I recall correctly. I don't have an exact number, but it was. The, I think they were undisclosed. Mm. All the all the dealings. Presumably but a dick load of money. Definitely money. There was a yeah. bidding war. They they have definitely mentioned. Um. And I think I remember hearing that Jonathan Krasinski isn't actually going to be a part of the project. He's going to be a EP, but he's not going to be the host and face like he was on the YouTube version. Yeah, and then I guess to summarize the fan anger, it's that uh, he is seemingly uh, profiting off of what was supposed to... uh, Off of what was originally branded as kind of like a communal good project... Um, and then the other half of the anger, at least that I'm aware, is that he did this for a month, whereas other folks on YouTube have been hustling, doing similar, arguably better programs for years now, and they're still comparatively scraping by off of uh, now Patreon supporters. Is that fair? I, I can already tell that we're going to have... Uh disagreements about that that was the whole situation but i like it summarizing what's going on i i sure maybe my inflection gave some of my feelings away but a little inflection on the second point but okay yeah (laughs) so here's what i have to say yeah all those people that are grinding really hard on youtube and making a really really good product are literally worthless like they (laughs) they have no value to a major corporation at all Mm -hmm. like almost negative value every every single time uh, a major creator who makes a really good product independently gets like rushed into stardom by some big network deal it backfires it actually actively hurts the company that has picked up the rights to their property it is worthless the whole appeal of those people is that they are able to control each and every independent function of their creation mm-hmm. and it's super authentic that's the whole appeal yep. there's nothing left if you take that away and a major company buys the rights to that so like it, you don't as a creator like watch like Wayne's world like huge <laughs> cultural icons you you would hate it you wouldn't want to be in that system. The people that thrive in that system are the people that came up in that system. Like they're the only ones who could properly like take advantage of network funding while still making a product that's consumable. I like I never put it together, but now that you say that, there is absolutely a 2020 reboot of Wayne's World that's their YouTubers. Yeah. Yeah, Fuck. no, it would, it's the same exact concept except for YouTube is now reaching a much wider audience than aurora uh cable access yes so basically yeah that that's first point second point is like could you land oprah (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't land oprah (laughs) i know that uh 95 to 99 percent of youtubers if you're counting like if you're not counting like will smith and the rock couldn't land oprah so there's exhibit B, I suppose. <laughs> like, it's literally just at a certain point, are you a celebrity? Which 
yeah, you're not, and it sucks, but yeah. And then I feel like a lot of it also is like people don't think of John Krasinski as John Krasinski. They yeah. definitely think of him as Jim. But like, he, yeah, their personalities are similar enough to throw people off in real life. Because and also like I'm sure it's probably chicken and the egg. Like mm-hmm. some of it is John Krasinski realizing this is what made me famous. I'm going to lean into it a little bit. And some of it is like that was just his natural personality, and that's why he fit the character so well. Right. But he's not. Like they're two very different people. And at the end of the day, John Krasinski is a successful actor producer, and he's making a product. Like yeah, he's not Jim. This isn't Jim's podcast. <laughs> Uh, where Jim talks about things that he likes. This is uh, professional actor-producer John Krasinski uh, getting famous guests on to gain notoriety and sell a product where he's going to make a ton of passive income Mm -hmm. where he doesn't even have to be too involved in the product that, by the way, from the beginning was completely funded by (laughs) AT&T. Oh, okay. It was was meant to be a homespun podcast that everyone just kind of fell for. I, I, was I, not that. Effort. I was a part of that. I fell for that. <laughs> yeah. Not even close. Like 100%. This was a corporate venture that from the beginning was meant to uh, be a web series only as a piece of media that are like a pilot program for potentially selling another series. By the way, he was behind uh, lip sync battle. If you've heard of that. He produced that, and that was uh, another form of passive income. So he's kind of just a really savvy actor-producer <laughs> who knows how to sell products that will make him a lot of money in the long run. That, uh, In this case, he happened to use a persona and a pandemic to promote. But I promise you that the workings of this project was definitely in motion way before COVID struck. Like... Oh. A major corporation doesn't just back an actor out of nowhere. like, And then COVID just happened to strike, which was probably perfect timing for the project. And it's not like they're going to cancel it just because it would feel a little manipulative. So, Yeah. Did you think <laughs> a celebrity was doing something for fun? Yeah. No. Literally never. Like, no, no offense, but their time... If they wanted to do something for fun, they would go to Ibiza and <laughs> party on a yacht with other celebrities. Like, there is no need for them to create outside of the, the modern studio system where they can make unbelievable amounts of money. Once again, doing things that are fun, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that there can't also be money to be made when you're uh, at a certain stratosphere of celebrity where you can, you know... Basically, just turn your likeness into pure cash. So, that's why I think I was actually pretty uniquely qualified to speak on this one (laughs) specific subject as someone who is a fan of pop culture and also relatively well-versed in the internet goings-on and, like, virality and everything like that. And someone who works in the studio network industry and can be like, guess what, guys? It's uh, It was always kind of more than you thought, and as a result, it never really interested me as a fan, because I always kind of knew that it was going to be a little... And also, like, from what I heard, it was basically just him reading various, like, subreddits. Yeah. <laughs> and then talking to famous guests about the stuff that he read on a subreddit. So, 
never particularly interested me, and I'm curious to see what form this takes in a more structured uh, type of thing. But yeah, I was I was when I read the news that I read the news like a few days ago, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like definitely a lot of brand recognition, and at the very least, could probably pull a lot of major guests. Probably can't pull an A-list host like John Krasinski, but you right. know, could definitely pull someone relatively decent, and then. You're off and running. And then I woke up this morning and boy, was, I, I think it was on my Twitter or something. Someone posted an article and I was just like, oh no. All right. Time, time to, time to school some people about the real world out there. Uh, <laughs> if we can pull it back from the real world for a second, if John Krasinski isn't going to be hosting some good news anymore and we are some people with obvious hosting experience. <laughs> How do we make this happen? Yeah, let's uh, let's get. Uh, I actually never. I, I did read who the other EPs were, and I recognize at least one of them. But yeah, get get one of them on the horn, and we'll uh, we'll negotiate this thing. I mean, like you've got ties to like Johnny Depp and his camp, so mm. that would be a decent starter guest, and then. I know Andrew, uh, you know, he holidayed with um, Elizabeth Banks that one time, so I'm sure that he could make something happen there. Like, we, there's a couple of starter guests that we could definitely pitch in you, our in our favor. You helped Seth Rogen change a tire one time. We can get that guy. We can call that favor in. Yeah, I don't, I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little touch and go with Seth's camp though. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw that one out there. He, and we we've definitely been a there's been some icy. Icy relations post that. I think I think there was a little bit of jealousy going on that uh, they weren't, you know, his entourage wasn't quite able to handle the situation properly. I mean, I so. told you you shouldn't have brought your own weed to his house party. He is very particular about that, and it's it's rude. It he saw it as rude, quite frankly. I figured Pineapple Express would be a safe option, but yeah, no, you know, he's he's that was that was a joke for a movie, even though it's a real strain. So. Uh, mm. He, he, he's on to some, some otherworldly shit. We're joking, but like, <laughs> that's the type of thing that you would need to land these gigs for all these people talking about how YouTube creators, you know, have been trying really hard for a long time. Think of it this way. Think of it as a college athlete who, you know, they, like, it, a lot of them actually play for the Wisconsin Badgers. They... They were their, their, the stud high school player, like mm-hmm. the best player in their school, the best player their school had ever seen. And then they went to Wisconsin and they were immediately outclassed by a, you know, a ton of athletes. But they worked really hard and they walked on. They didn't get a scholarship. They like hit the gym seven days a week, worked really hard and like had a lot of football knowledge stored up. They were real students of the game. And, you know, they, they were they ended up actually by their senior year being like a decent starter on the team, like through all their hard work, perseverance, and just football IQ, worked out really well. But at the end of the day, Jonathan Taylor like, <laughs> was a freak athlete who also had all the skills that you had and is now playing for the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL and making millions of dollars. And, like, yeah, like, <laughs> that's how the world works, man. Like, you might be a really, really good YouTube podcast host, but at the end of the day, there's going to be celebrities that are also good podcast hosts that can land Oprah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, all, that's all. I think I think you might have to be a little content with um, 
with your own little world that you might be able to develop with Patreon and other avenues of support. And then if you want to break into the modern studio network system, just sell your soul. Mm. Go to hundreds and hundreds of auditions, like per per month, basically. Go to at least 100 auditions. Um, get rejected literally hundreds and hundreds of time times. Uh, have have uh, drinks with casting directors who talk about how you have no talent and how you should probably move on in the industry. Um, but, you know, don't take no for an answer. Hundreds and hundreds of auditions, month after month after month. Land a bit role on a soap opera that leads absolutely nowhere. Uh, and then back to hundreds and hundreds of auditions and hundreds of, and hundreds of rejections. Uh, one day, uh, land a freak sitcom role um, that you think, this is my big break, it's going great. Um, it gets picked up to pilot. You're like, oh my God, like this is going to happen. You shoot the pilot. Everything's amazing. It's so funny. Everyone's laughing. It's amazing. Uh, and then the network comes back and says, we really like the pilot. We're picking it up straight to series. We love you guys. We can't wait. I think this is going to be a long-term success, but this one role, we weren't really feeling it. And they recast you and <laughs> that show goes on to become the big bang theory and every single member of the cast uh, becomes hundred millionaires, and you go back home to Arizona and uh, live your life as a librarian. <laughs> so, if you want to do that, that's also an option. <laughs> you can totally do that. I don't recommend it. I think you might be more comfortable in your current situation, <laughs> raking in like decent money on Patreon and merch and everything like that. But yeah. hey, it's your life, man. <laughs> and that—that that is the real tale, by the way, of the original. Penny in the Big Bang Theory pilot, who um, was a pr uh, prostitute. <sighs> then the network said, we really like it, but we need you to redevelop it because we think that the prostitute is just a little too sharp. So we're going to need to recast her. <laughs> oh, my and God. then Kaylee Kuoku landed the role, and <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> that, uh, wow, that must be particularly insulting, considering that uh, the character of Penny is... A struggling actress for most of the... <laughs> Jesus Christ, that salt in the wound. Yep. So, it's, it's a fucking hard world out there. And John Krasinski has conquered it. And if mm. anything, that should be looked upon as a, a very positive note and not a uh, thing to frown at him for. But hey, I'm just a man who knows how it works. <laughs> and maybe I'm too cynical, but mm, I, don't, I don't know, man. Okay, step one if you want to be successful in Hollywood. Be a tall, distinctively attractive white man. That's definitely a good step in the right direction. <laughs> but I can't tell you how many people I play flag football with who are tall, distinctively attractive white men who have been trying to quote-unquote break into the acting scene for five years. And uh, you look at their credits and they're all short films that were clearly made by them and their friends. <laughs> so... That might be a good first step, but boy, does it not get you there. And that'll get us to a clap sync.
feel like I was a little too knowledge bomby in this episode, but that that single topic was like I need to talk about this on the podcast. No, dude. I feel like at the very least I could impart a little bit of wisdom. I mean, dude, if you have this shit, in, if you have this shit in the pocket, definitely flex it. Like, yeah. especially when Andrew's gone. No, now's the time when we can like dig into <laughs> our weirdly specific knowledge pools. Yeah, to Andrew talk more. hates going off on long topics. <laughs> He always he's always cutting shit short, and I I pushed him to give me more insight into how his impressions, his feelings on The Witcher Three, but wouldn't give it to me. Ah. Yeah, I don't remember that conversation very well. <laughs> That's fine. I was uh, distracted, but I do remember it was long. Yeah. So there you go. I. Is there anything, like, not dream-crushing that we could dig into for a hot minute? Um, ooh, I read a fun stat that was, like, 83% of YouTubers who have amassed over a million subscribers in the last four years um, were all either sponsored by a corporate backing or <laughs> already, like, outright celebrities in their own. <laughs> is, that, is that not soul-crushing or is that the opposite of that? Hey, you know, like the idea of the internet being a place where you can be an independent creator, do your own thing, and just end up uh, being successful, financially stable, and well-respected? That's a myth. (laughs) Maybe that was a thing at one point, maybe in the mid-2000s, but no more. Now now you gotta play in the muck if you want to get ahead. New, new media is just old media, but direct to consumer. Like mm-hmm. That's literally all it is. It's the same exact. Now now that the studios and networks and everyone else has caught up, like it's it's literally just the exact same thing, except for now you uh, don't have a distribution method other than a website or a other platform that you are using. Like it's, it's, uh, yeah. Don't, don't think you can just start a YouTube channel and organically grow it to gargantuan heights without some sort of help or backing or if you're independently wealthy that that's yeah. i imagine the majority of the other 17 percent were just independently wealthy or trust fund babies and just like hey you know what what if i just made a youtube channel and made that my full-time job and threw myself into it full-time and you know even if i don't succeed oh well i have a lot of money <laughs> and then some of them succeed The episode without Andrew is the one that bumped me out the most. Nah. Huh. You're in journalism. That's different. Unless you have like an anime review channel that you haven't told us about. (laughs) I wish. Damn. That's your next pitch. Next time you see your bosses. Hey, anime review. Like, just as a a little taste. I'll show you my podcast where I recommended anime channels to... Or anime shows to my friends who don't watch anime. (laughs) And it was relatively successful. I mean, I uh, as uh, as much as like the anime fandom, uh, the anime industry has grown globally in the past couple of years. The sad truth of the matter is that there is just not any money in writing about anime or making videos about anime that any kind of it, that that on a company level would be worthwhile. Ah. 
and that it, it's still too niche maybe it always will be um i don't know my programming bells are going off lucas have you ever heard of the concept of t- big tent programming i don't know a lot of broadcast networks use it a lot and the idea is you just cast the broadest net possible and even if it's not super profitable uh <laughs> As long as you get those millions and billions of people in the door, <laughs> that's all that matters. Then they're in your ecosystem, and they'll sample other stuff. And I'm, I'm making a joke that anime isn't necessarily the broadest topic to <laughs> to use as a tent programming. But yes, I, <laughs> you, there is a reality that could play out where. <laughs> Your company decides, hey, you know what? Maybe we should look into this anime thing. Does anybody know, like, an anime guy? I hope I'm on the short list for you. I hope I'm your <laughs> anime guy short list. Short list? I don't... <laughs> There's no other people I know. <laughs> Not a single person I grew up with watched any anime. Not even, like, Dragon Ball. So I don't know how... <laughs> how I would have a short list. If I was in a meeting a and, it very was all, short and it was all 50 and 60 year olds and they were all like, oh, who knows anime? Like, and they all eyes turned to me. <laughs> yeah, I would Just immediately be-, be like, I know a little, but I definitely have a friend who is an expert. <laughs> I, I don't foresee that ever being a situation. Usually when it's old people, they really want the bare bones, which I think I could provide. <laughs> but if we were doing like an anime show, then... <laughs> I imagine they would get some sort of in-house expert. You never know, though. I mean, you could at least pass on my consulting rates. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, they'll 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 take it into consideration for sure. Yeah. But I'm sure there's at least one employee at this company with tens of thousands of employees that <laughs> has comparable knowledge and would be free. And they'll still probably end up going with Jonathan Krasinski, but whatever. Yeah, no, no, but they will absolutely end up giving the series order to John Krasinski. That's, that's 100% a thing. All right, I think that's where we have to end it. I um, uh, hope you're all having a uh, fun and safe Memorial Day. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Andrew, The one of the three cornerstones of this podcast really uh, will be returning tomorrow. Uh, so all you Andrew stands, look forward to that. And yeah, thank you for tuning in. Goodbye. It's a strong guarantee. Oof. <laughs> he better not let you down. And it will be Andrew letting you down, Andrew stands, not us. <laughs> We've said he'll be there. It's, it's, the ball's in his court. <laughs> Shoutouts to hashtag Ryan Gang. Yan Gang. I don't even know what I'm fucking doing anymore. <laughs>